21 past as we continue here on Sports Talk. A lot to cover. 505-6009, that is our telephone number. Last night, Pittsburgh Steelers get it done. Wasn't easy. Jeff Saturday showed that uh, he's got a long way to go as a head coach, especially when it comes to timeouts. Why are timeouts so tough with it when it comes to football coaches? Yeah, I get, and, and he's not really a football coach, right? It's like you and you and I just getting uh, promoted to a football coaching role. I, I guess it's a little different because Jeff Saturday, uh, with all due respect to him, he played uh, years and years in the NFL and learned from some of the best who ever played this sport with the Indianapolis Colts. But still, Steve, I mean, Jeff Saturday was basically a, a TV analyst for ESPN over the past couple of years, and he was called off the streets to just coach this Colts, Colts team. All the coaches coaching decisions that he makes that are wrong, how do you blame him? He never, he's never done this before. Oh, I know, I know. The greatest was watching uh, the match and, and following the Iron Sheik's Twitter handle oh, really? because he couldn't decide between the U.S. and Iran who he should be rooting for because, you know, he's Iranian. He comes from Iran but moved to the States in the late 60s really? and he's been here ever since, but he's the Iron Sheik. So uh, it was some classic, uh, some classic tweets. In fact, he says, USA, USA, Iran, Iran. I'm so confused. It was hilarious. So a- anyway, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, and again, the win is, is really what matters most uh, for U.S. They're in the round of 16. That's all that matters. The knockout round. That's, that's all you can ask for. And, um, you know, now single elimination all the way to the end and, and see who can come out and win the World Cup. Um, the U.S. will have an uphill battle with the Netherlands on Saturday, but they're in. That's all that matters. They're, they're, they got a shot. Right that's now. right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that's all they needed. Uh, from missing the World Cup last time around to this time just advancing, that's all you want for the U.S. What a yes. huge step forward. They're playing some of their best soccer in, in a long time. Absolutely right. And hopefully uh, Pulisic is good enough to be coming back and ready to go on uh, Saturday for the Netherlands. And the U.S. is uh, now punching their ticket into the World Cup knockouts, which is all you can ask for. In fact, uh, I do want to uh, get to the phones today. If you watch the match and get your reaction at 505-6009, I know a lot of people were watching this at work today and, and checking things out. And that's really you know what you would expect when you're dealing with an afternoon, Tuesday afternoon match like this with the magnitude that uh, it is really what's on the line for the U.S. Um, we did not spend a lot of time talking NFL yesterday. We spent most of the time talking UTEP football, UTEP basketball. Uh, you opened with high school today. Uh, before we get to the NFL, are you surprised that there are as many high-profile coaching jobs open right now in El Paso. Yes, I am, and I also wouldn't be surprised if we see more. I mean, they're just this is the time of year, right, where it's kind of the transitioning period from head coaches to uh, just doing something else. Like in the instance with Patrick Melton, who coached America since 2009, he's now going into administration. Uh, for whatever reason, this is the time of year once the season is over to, try to, to kind of turn the page for some of these coaches and look forward. But the interesting part to me, Steve, is we've seen a lot of young coaches get jobs over the past two, three years uh, for some of these high-profile schools. Who's left? Who's going to go out and get some of these jobs right here? Because Americas and Montwood, those are some high-profile jobs that I'm sure will attract a lot of interest. No doubt. 100% agree. I mean, they're, yeah, they are. They're they're winning programs, um, big schools with a chance to do some big things. So I've got a feeling those will. The only question is going to be, will those coaches be in the city 
or will he look out of El Paso to bring those coaches in? Yeah, and I mean, even lo- looking within uh, your own coaching staff, that could be something that they do promote from within. There are sure. some good examples of that. You look at Rudy Contreras out at uh, Del Valle. He's, he was promoted from within after Jesse Perales left that program right there. So there's been some uh, you know some different examples across the city of coaches who were promoted within their own organization and who've done nicely as a head coach. In the case of Fomaligi, he was he just stepped out for personal reasons. Correct. That's right. And uh, Fomaligi was awesome. He's just a mainstay here in the city as far as just a, a football guy. Uh, I would not be surprised to see him end up somewhere else very soon. Um, not not sure if it's going to be next year or maybe the year after, but he, he deserves to be a head coach in the city. Now I'm with you on that one. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to talk about any of that, we'd love to get it going with you here today at 505-6009. That is our telephone number here on Sports Talk. Meanwhile, I know that Dallas Cowboy fans hate the talk of, you know, trying to overhype and build up this team. But we are now, what, 12 weeks into the NFL season? Oh, yeah, thirteen uh, week 13 coming up. That's right. Do Cowboys fans feel better about this team now than they have in years? That's kind of the question I want to know. Do you feel the same as you always do, or do you feel like this could be something different? Just because that defense has the chance to be potential game-breaker defense. It really does. I know the Cowboys want another shot at the Eagles. I know they want a shot at the Eagles with Dak at quarterback. But that defense is nothing short of spectacular at times, especially when Micah Parsons gets going. And, I mean, you know... Look, LT is the greatest defensive player I've ever seen in my lifetime, okay? And Parsons has a long way to go because he's only in year two of his NFL career. But do you feel like Micah Parsons reminds you of Lawrence Taylor, the way he can get to a quarterback and the way he can disrupt an opposing offense. Yeah, I feel like uh, as far when we're talking greats of the generations, I, I would put LT in kind of a one of one category. Mm-hmm. And if, when I you hear too. from uh, some of the greats who talk about the sport, uh, Bill Belichick, uh, most notably, he'll consider LT the greatest player of all time. Just period. Uh, Aaron Donald might be one of the greatest players I've seen. Just uh, you know, whether it's in person or on TV, but he might just be the best at that interior position, not the edge rusher spot where you can do so much more. Uh, that brings us to Micah Parsons what he's doing this year uh as and and what he did last year having that versatile linebacker role where he could rush the passer and still cover uh different running backs or different tight ends when he's asked to uh he is remarkable when he's on the field he's a force he reminds the way that teams are now having to game plan against Parsons reminds me about how teams game plan against Aaron Donald in in the Rams and I think Donald's great but he's had a five-year run let's see how long Micah Parsons could do it Oh, and that's the question. The question is this. I mean, when you compare Aaron Donald in his prime to Micah Parsons in his prime, it's different because they're different players built differently. I mean, when you watch Micah Parsons, he's he's built like kind of like a Lawrence Taylor type. He's athletic. He's fast. You know, Aaron Donald is just a beast of a human being who is one of, if not the greatest defensive, uh, you know, defensive lineman ever to play the game. You look at him as at the tackle position, you know, that man disrupts everything. But I look at Micah Parsons, he's kind of a hybrid guy. He could play on the D-line, but really he's more built for that linebacker that could just go in there 
and uh, and, and uh, just get after the quarterback and make big play after big play. Yeah, when he was first picked up uh, for the Cowboys, they thought he could maybe kind of be like an in-betweener, but they didn't think this. They didn't think he could be one of the more ferocious pass rushers that we've seen in years, and that's what he is right now. He he is probably right now the best at rushing the passer. Uh, yeah. There's Nick Bosa out with the 49ers. There's TJ Watt out with the Steelers. Those guys are excellent as well, but I'd put Micah Parsons right up there with him, and the way that he's also able to drop back into pass coverage just makes him versatile, makes him one of the best out there, and it seems like the defense rallies around him. You got uh, guys like Diggs, who st- stand out in the secondary. They've got some guys on that defense. They do. They absolutely do. So, um, as we get ready for the playoffs here uh, next month, uh, it is interesting to see where the NFL stands right now. It really is. I mean, you're Four best teams in uh, the AFC, uh, division-wise, division-wise, okay? Not record-wise, but division-wise. You've got the Chiefs, Dolphins, Titans, and Ravens. Hard to believe that the Dolphins win a tiebreaker over Buffalo based on head-to-head win percentage. But that's where it stands right now. Yeah, and I want to see what the Dolphins could do during this next stretch because I th- I feel like, and I don't want to take anything away from them. They're first in the AFC East. They're eight and three on the year. But what they're going to face in the next couple of weeks will really be a true test on, as to where this team is, if they are for real or if they're a little fraudulent. They go on the road against San Francisco this week. Next week, it's on the road against the Chargers and then a road game against the Bills. That's a tough three-game stretch for a Miami team trying, uh, you know, having to travel coast-to-coast in the first two weeks of this uh, road trip. And uh, they've been great against the bad teams. Let's see what they can do against some of the better teams out there. Yeah, that's what I'm interested about, too. Uh, Really, it's going to be a lot of fun. And then, of course, in the NFC, you've got Philly, Minnesota, the 49ers, and Bucks as your division winners. By the way, Bucks win the South at five and six. That's just that's disgusting. But that's just the way it is. And then your next group would be Cowboys, Giants, Commanders, and Seahawks. That's the next group of four. It's really interesting. Yeah, the fact that Washington's kind of trending upward right now. Uh, and the Giants might be fading a little bit here. They've lost back-to-back games. Um, they are they struggle when it comes to winning on the road as well. I mean, they, they of course, they can win at home. But what we've seen so far is Washington. They're just that team that's kind of coming out of the woodworks, the dark horse group, Taylor Heineke. It felt like when he went down in that game against yep. Atlanta, everybody was actually worried that the previous starter, Carson Wentz, would go back in the game. Totally agree with you on that one. Bottom of the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk, 505-6009. If you want to talk some football with us, we'd love to do it today. Meanwhile, let's go right back to Adrian and get this Sports Center update. Q Adrian, checking our mobile app, powered by First American Bank. Pinky chimes in. Have always been a Cowboys fan, win or lose. Enjoying how they're playing now. But have never been a fan of the head coach and wish they would go with a more modern, more open Offensive coach. That is so interesting. More modern, more open. I mean, I think the Cowboys are at their best when they run the ball. That's not modern. That's not open. And sometimes when I watch um, Dak put the ball in the air, bad things happen. 
So I don't know. Do you do you agree with uh, Peaky right there? Do you want to see a more modern open offense? Well, I think if if you're uh, thinking about a modern, more open offense, I'll just give the Chiefs for example. Yep. I can, I don't think Dak Prescott could throw forty to fifty times a game and be as successful as they are right now when they're playing way more balanced or favoring the run with Pollard and Zeke. I mean, the way Tony Pollard is running right now, he's a top five to top seven running back in the league, and that's still including Aaron Jones in the mix. That's including Derrick Henry in the mix of a top five running back in this, uh, you know, in the NFL right now. I just feel like what the Cowboys are doing by balancing the ground game with the run, with the passing game, that's so important for this group's success. Look at their point differential right now. If, if you really want to talk about points, they're scoring, uh, they have the highest point differential right now at plus 92 points in the NFC. That just shows where how dominant they've been, uh, you know, against certain opponents. That's really true. Um, they have been, but, you know, other opponents, they've, uh, they've struggled and, I don't know. I, 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 we've talked about the Cowboys a lot. I mean, I think that when Pollard and Zeke get the ball going on the ground and they get the ground game going and, and Dak puts the ball in the air maybe 25 times a game, they're at their best. But you've got to realize something, okay? There's only one Pat Mahomes or Patrick Mahomes. That's it. Only one guy like that. He does things that no other quarterback can do. And he's got good weapons. Not to say the Cowboys don't have good weapons. They do. they got tons of wide receivers. They really do, led by CeeDee Lamb. But Gallup they have. They've got other guys that can make plays. I get that too. But just KC is such a unique situation, Adrian. And they've they've tailored that offense for their for their superstar quarterback. Yeah, that's very true. And and look at the personnel they continue to surround Mahomes with. It's like they're continuing to bring him the quality guys that he likes. It's speedsters like Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore, who they drafted this past year. It's also veteran guys like Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Juju Smith-Schuster. They've got experienced guys out there. They've got the speedsters, and they've got the best tight end in the game in Travis Kelsey. So you surround all those weapons with Mahomes, who's cooking and in a tier of his own. You're right. I mean, when you're talking about the pass ball, you, maybe you have to look at more of a Josh Allen and say you Dak Prescott cannot throw as much as Josh Allen because he's simply not as good as, as a passer. And Allen's had his troubles as of late. You look at Josh Allen, sometimes you watch him play and he doesn't look like the uh, the, the top passer that everybody expected uh, you know, this season and what we've all thought. I mean, he's he's fallen back down to earth at times. And maybe it's because teams have adjusted their defenses and they've realized how they can neutralize Allen and the Buffalo offense a little bit better. And maybe it's also that lingering UCL injury that was uh, kind of over his head. You you look at just even I'll compare Justin Herbert's injury. He, it felt like for weeks Herbert was not the same, and and that might be what we see from Allen right now. He just doesn't look right, it, especially in these late game situations. The, the the late game against the Jets where they lost that one twenty to seventeen. The late game against the Vikings where they lost that game, and Josh Allen uh, fumbled at the one yard line, allowing the Vikings to tie the game, go into overtime. I don't like even this past week against uh, the Lions on Thanksgiving the the Bills were almost a 10 point favorite in that game and they win by three against the Lions and barely squeeze that one off so I, I don't know these past couple weeks I've been a little worried about uh, Josh Allen and the Bills I don't blame you all right 37 passed as we continue before we go to break let's get another uh, physical athletics fitness tip of the day Adrian standing by and has uh, this advice for all of you today yeah thank you so much Steve and thank you to physical athletics I've been heading out there uh, early in the morning 
morning. I wake up at 4, 5 o'clock group class, and uh, they remind everybody out there, don't forget to recover after a workout. That's where progress is actually made. They actually told me, hey, go to bed a lot earlier. Try to go to bed at like 10, 30, 11, so you give your time, your, your body some time to rest. During a, work, a workout, you actually break down your, and stress your body, and it's during the recovery process when your body adapts and gets stronger. Uh, physical Athletics is now accepting new clients right now. It's never too late to start your fitness journey. Forget a New Year's resolution. Start it now with Physical Athletics. They've got two locations on the Far East Side out of Joe Battle and Eastlake. You can get a free one-week trial and see why I talk about them all the time. All you have to do is call or text 915-996-4476. That's 915-4476 to get started today with Physical Athletics. As we continue, 46 now past the hour. You know, there are often uh, a lot of military families looking to relocate. And when they look to relocate, they need to sell their home. And when you're thinking about who to use and what team to use, there's only one person that uh, we recommend, Brian Birds of the Brian Birds Home Selling Team, powered by EXP Realty. And it's because of results and time after time, great success stories uh, like this one. In fact, Jacelyn and Mike are that military family and, and relocating. And they chose to work with Brian and his team to get their Horizon home sold because hopefully they had already started packing since uh, the home sold with an all-cash offer. $290,000 within a week. Unbelievable. The closing happened quickly, and Jacelyn and Mike were happy to start their next adventure, which you can too. And I get it. you got to find that sweet spot when you list your home. Not too high where it doesn't sell or too low where you need money on the table. You need Brian Birds. He's got marketing power nobody has. In fact, he's the official real estate agent of UTEP, El Paso Locomotive FC, and the Rhinos, the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. Online, brianbirds.com or Google Brian. B-U-R-D-S and start packing. Hey, El Paso, have you heard? To sell your home, get Call Brian Birds. Go to brianbirds.com. All right. It's stuff as we keep continuing uh, with everything here at uh, 48 past the hour. Uh, our telephone number, if uh, you would like to get into the program, is 505-6009. We're uh, out early today, 6 o'clock, because we've got UTEP basketball with Kevin Baker and Joe Golding. And that's going to be uh, coming up from the Moon Tower Sports Bar. I'm excited about that and uh, looking forward to it. I mean... I'm planning on heading out to Moon Tower after the show today, Adrian. And, nice. And I want to. I want to see. I like going to these shows when they're close by the radio station like this, and get to see the crowd a little bit and have a little fun with both head coaches. Yeah, and both head coaches are experiencing such successful starts to the year. I mean, uh, look at what the women's basketball team has been has uh, done so far, even with such a uh, kind of a you know uncertain lineup that's uh, hit them week to week or you know game to game. And then for the men's team, they've won five in a row. Looking to make it six in a row tomorrow against the Aggies, but uh, easier said than done. That's going to be an uphill battle for them. Speaking of that game, uh, 915 Tours has a really, really cool promotion right now, which is giving fans a chance to uh, take their bus, the luxury bus liner. 
Two cruises and back, whether you have a ticket or you don't have a ticket, Adrian. Yeah, I love this. 915 Tours, they do uh, our Dallas Cowboys flyaways that you hear all about all the time here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All you have to do is go to 915tours.com to reserve tickets. It's $25 uh, if you if somebody else has, uh, if you already have a ticket, or $44 with the ticket included. They're going to have two pickup locations here in town, and of course, it's round-trip travel. The first one is on the east side, Cowtown Boots at 515 tomorrow, and the other one is on the west side at the Haskins Center, 530 tomorrow. After the game's over, they're going to drop guests off at those uh, those spots. And a uh, good way for you, if you're on the east side, you don't want to make a travel or a trip all the way to Las Cruces, just go with 915 Tours. They'll hook you up. What's the easiest way for people to, to get those booked and uh, make sure they can get that done today? Yeah, I think the 915tours.com is the easiest way, and they have it the first thing you do when you look on their website. You just scroll down right away, and you'll see it. UTEP versus New Mexico State game, and you're able to book right there. Oh, that's awesome. That is absolutely awesome, and uh, I like that. In fact, uh, I found it. It's under Upcoming Featured Packages, and uh, all you have to do is click the Book Now button, and you're all set. And while you're there, you can learn about Trip to Riodosa, wine tasting tours, and everything else that 915 Tours has coming up. That's very cool. Yeah, they do like monthly different trips and stuff like that. Right now, they're really focused on the Cowboys. They're even getting people ready and registered uh, for playoffs. So they're starting to take deposits for Cowboys playoff games coming up in January. Oh, that's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. All right, uh, nine in front of five right now as we continue here on Sports Talk. UTEP Zay is in the house. It's good to see Zay back with us for another go-round. I know he's excited about uh, tomorrow's uh, Battle of I-10, UTEP and New Mexico State. Um, Zay, are you uh, going to be possibly going either to the Cowtown or um, you know, our UTEP location and uh, maybe taking that 915 Tours bus down there? Uh, yeah, I'd love to do that, but we got some UTEP women's basketball to, to watch tomorrow. Oh, we do? That's right. Oh. They're playing the Battle of I-10 against New Mexico State, and that's going to be a big one. Very good point, Zay. I like that. You're on it. <laughs> yes, it's going to be a fun one. New Mexico State is uh, very competitive this year. Rather than last year, you know, they have a new coach and everything. So we'll see if the Marlins can continue their six-game winning streak against their I-10 rival. Fantastic. Plus, UTEP split out there in uh, St. Louis Obispo. So I know they are looking forward to uh, coming back here and uh, trying to get back to their winning ways at home. That's for sure. Yep. It should be fun. We should see uh, if Arike, you know, she played. She played in the in the tournament or the classic. Nice. But um, no Mari Petrie yet. So we'll see. We'll see if the Marlins can get her back. Hopefully that's the case. Hey, did uh, did your school let you guys uh, out early, or at least let you watch uh, the World Cup match today? Any was there any possible uh, viewing parties for all of you? Um, no, not 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 that I know of. I mean, I watched it on my phone, so I'll take that. Did you do it without uh, with without getting in trouble, or did you do it during your lunch break? When did you do it? Well, I was in class. I was just kind of hiding it, oh, you know, nice. make sure the teacher can see. Still trying to pay attention, but, you know, cheering on the USA. So, in other words, you had no volume. You just watched it and uh, very quietly was rooting uh, for, for Team USA. And did you, um, by any chance, like put a fist bump out there when, uh, you know, when, when they scored the goal, the only goal of the match? Or did you, uh, like, yell and, and then try to, like, apologize afterwards? Or did you just keep your composure? You know, I, I did a little jump out of my seat. Everybody looked at me like I was crazy, and then I was just like, I, I sat back down, you know? Oh, there you go. That's the way to do it. That's, that's, Adrian, no it's fun. viewing parties in high school? Yeah. Come on. U.S. is playing. This is do once you, in only four years. Okay, I'm so old. <laughs> You're going to love this, but it's true. I'm so old that, um, you know, years ago, 
all uh, World Series games weren't always in prime time. And we used to actually uh, have ways to go do uh, lunch and, and play hooky and, and watch a playoff baseball out while uh, during our lunch break. What? Oh, yeah. So it wasn't like a 6 o'clock, it was like 1 o'clock start or something like that? Well, I mean, and I don't necessarily know if they were, if, if I was talking, um, you know, I'm trying to remember if it was World Series or if it was Championship Series games. But, yeah, I do remember that a lot of baseball playoff games in the 80s were day games. And you had to go uh, go go watch them uh, during lunch breaks. Man, that that right there is uh, is tough. I, I the only thing I anything comparable to that is I do remember uh, watching the Butler UTEP game in class when that was was going on. Like they wheeled in uh, one of those old old TVs that were like uh, a big box. They would wheel one of those in, and everybody got a chance to watch UTEP Butler. But I, I never heard of anything like that getting out of school oh, early for no, some, no, no, some no. baseball games. Wait a minute, I'm, I'm wrong. So hang on, hang on. The world. World Series has been going at nights in '71, so it must have been it must have been the uh, the regular playoff, like divisional series or the championship series. That's probably what. But it is. still, if it's but, the championship series, if yeah. you're like talking about a team going for the pennant, that's that's tough not it, to put it prime time. It's crazy, but I, I remember watching a lot of playoff baseball back. Uh, you know, we we would we would go for lunch and then come back, and it was it was on. So I like that. All right, look, hey, one hour in the books. When we come back, following the Dallas Cowboys update. More of your phone calls. John Teicher will join us in about 45 minutes. And a whole lot more to talk about. Sports Talk continues, 600 ESPN El Paso. Number two on Sports Talk, along with UTEP Zay and Adrian Broadus, Steve Kaplowitz here. We've got uh, an hour with you. Then John Teicher takes over at Moon Tower, just up the street by UTEP, 3233 North Mesa, getting ready for... UTEP basketball with Kevin Baker and Joe Golding. They'll talk about the New Mexico State game for both teams, that is. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait. Excited about that. Love the fact that uh, Zay is all jazzed up for the women's game. I mean, that's, you know, the women, hey, let's be honest. Um, prior to last season, the women have been very successful under Kevin Baker. And you know they want to get the best of New Mexico State tomorrow night. It's going to be fun. Yeah, battle of I ten on both game on both sides. I love it. I, mm-hmm. Do we ever see this where the scheduling works out this way? No, I love it. no, we don't. Let's be honest. We don't. We don't ever see anything good like this. This is a rarity, right? It's a rarity. Uh, if you're just joining us, World Cup win for the U.S. is what we're talking about. They beat Iran today, one nothing. They advance to the knockout round. That's what it's all about. And uh, the round of sixteen, where it's single elimination. Um, we've also talked a little NFL with us on the show. We've done that. Um, and, you know, we've got some more good stuff to uh, to talk about here. We never gave out football awards. You need to do that for uh, this hour as well. Give out some football awards from Saturday. Yeah, I know it was a very disappointing game for the Miners, but don't fault the players. The players no. were great on, on uh, Saturday against the Roadrunners. So we do have some uh, solid awards to hand out and some uh, awards that will, you know, take this award for the last time That's in right. their UTEP career. That's absolutely right. Let's go to the phones right now. 505-6009, two lines available as uh, sports talk continues. And uh, let's go to Ray, who joins us to lead off our number two of the program. Hey, Ray, what's going on? How are you? Steve, Adrian, good. How are you guys doing? Doing well, Ray. Thanks. I'm doing I'm doing great, Steve, after that game today. My voice sounds a little hoarse. It's not often a teacher loses his voice in the classroom because we got a watch party going on with the World Cup while the kids are doing their English work. Wait a minute. What school is this? Oh, should I say? Ah, what the heck? I'm at Austin High School. Wait a minute. I love this. So you're telling me, oh, you work with Brandon Cohn. That's great. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Boy, between the two of you, 
You guys could get to a lunch conversation and you would miss the next four periods because you'd be too busy talking with each other. I love that. Um, yes. But um, you actually, did you allow the uh, your students in class to watch the soccer match, right? Of course. I mean, I had to. I had to embed it into my into my work plan. It, you know, we were having a, a lot of cultural enhancement going on in my classroom. Ah. I teach. Uh, I teach English ESOL kids. So I got a lot of kids that are from Mexico that don't that are learning the language. So soccer is a big thing in their life, and it's a part of their livelihood. So you know, I'm trying to connect what I do in the classroom to real life. No better way to do it than the World Cup. There you go. That's right. Some geography. All right. I, I can see that also helping out. And so you know, when you look at this and you see that that that's uh, you know cross curricular instruction there, Adrian. When you do geography with English and you can put it all together and have the kids write about, you know, what they see and summarize what they've got going on there and make sure that they have a tone and a mood and a theme to everything. There's, you know, setting and characters. You can embed it all into the classroom. <laughs> uh, I love it. But these guys, we were, we were excited, you know, when Pulisic got the goal. It was my kids who had to actually tell me that he was hurt in the net and, like, Oh, my God, my heart stopped. And then I really thought we had a 2-0 lead. I had to ask the kids, okay, you got to explain to me. Maybe you guys can. How do you know when you're offside? A guy is running towards the ball. I know He's not looking to the side to see a flag. So can you guys say, how do you know when you're offside in soccer? Um, there's, it's like, you know, when you cross a certain point, you cannot be ahead of the ball. The ball has to be ahead of you. Oh, got it. Okay, that's that's what they were trying to explain to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's I like it's really like it's like it's like offsides in hockey. Same thing. If you're attacking oh, okay. the goal and the puck, and you're ahead of the puck, and you get the ball and you get the puck on the way to the goal, they'll call offsides. The puck has to be ahead of you, just like the ball has to be ahead of you. You can't you can't have an advantage and then the ball catch up to you and then you get a goal. We can't do that. So that that's what it was. So Wea yeah. was was behind the defense. He got behind the defense. Then the pass came. Then the ball came. So he was yeah. already ahead of everything. Yeah, exactly. Got it. I mean, I was excited thinking they were going up 2-0, but that, that 1-0 lead just made the second half heart-pounding every way, and my heart stopped when Turner came out to make that save almost when he collided with that Iranian player, and the ball is just sitting there rolling towards the goal line, and we were able to kick it out. I'm telling you, this was mass drama, hysteria, uh, it was it was as good as it gets, and and that doesn't even, I mean, and that wasn't even you know we're not talking knockout round. That's just uh, a, a chance to get into the knockout round. Exactly, knowing that you have to win, and you've only got one goal on the board and one goal because all they need is a draw. So you know every kick, every time, just trying to kick the ball out, get it out of there, kick it to the other side. I mean, and then you're just looking at the clock. Come on, tick, that's tick, right. Tick. And then when they add. They had almost a full quarter of time, 10 minutes to, to add to extra time. Like, oh, my God, this game is never going to end. I know. I'm with you. I'm with you. But the, the kids were excited, and now because we watched the U.S. today, of course, we're going to be watching the Mexico game tomorrow. Um, that's, you know, that's another story in itself because you think about Mexico right now and and where they are. Uh, you know, they're 0-1-1, and and – all three clubs in front of them have a win. So uh, Mexico, who has yet to score in the World Cup, uh, they're going to need some magic to try and pull this out and uh, advance. Yeah, that's what the kids were telling me too. I mean, it's you know anything's possible, but they have you know if you're talking about an uphill road, 
there's no there's no more steeper and uphill than what they got to do to try tomorrow and then get all the help they need surrounding them. 100%. But really looking forward to really looking forward to Saturday morning, our team versus the Netherlands. Hopefully, Christian Pulisic is you know healthy and well to be able to get out there and play. Talk about a guy giving up his body for his country to be able to move on. That guy was all about that today. He was he was truly Captain America. It's a great way to put it. Great way to put it. All right. Good job today, Ray. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call. Thanks. You guys take care. You too. It's Ray chiming in. Nine past as sports talk continues. 505-6009. Hey, real quick, Steve. Yes. Sources have confirmed Brandon Cohn's class also uh, got a chance to watch the U.S. game. Oh, really? Yes. Good. Yes. There's some great teachers out there. Boy, Austin High is the place to be right now. Sorry, Zay. Sorry. Chapin's That's, not not it. <laughs> no, maybe uh, maybe Zay should look at a transfer. Uh, he's got a couple years left. That might not be a bad idea. All right, we'll keep moving. Augustine is joining us next on the phone lines. Augustine, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, Steve. Good afternoon. And uh, and just for every Mexican every Mexican soccer fan out there, stop believing all this bullcrap that you can actually beat Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia proved they're a solid team at the back. They got great midfielders. And they probably got to work a little bit on their scoring, but which team doesn't unless you're one of the big six in the World Cup? So Mexico's not going to go through. We all knew this was going to happen with Mexico because, plain and simple, Mexico stinks. Their players are not that good. The, 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 the coach tried to make them good. They're not. And the U.S. proved that they're the big guys now in CONCACAF. They are now the kings of CONCACAF. And to every Mexican fan out there, prove me wrong with facts and stop it. Just stop saying that Mexico is better than the U.S., which, again, it is not. Um, all I know is this. Uh, you have always been kind of anti-Mexico, haven't you? When it's it comes to When it comes to soccer like the national team. Yeah, yes, because the national team is a is a function of the league, and the league the league is based on two tournaments, uh-huh. two short term tournaments, and that's just disgusting because it it, it 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 really gives favor to those teams that all of a sudden get hot, and and I understand that it's good it's good for ratings, it's good for you know the mon- monetary wise, but but have a long tournament, you know uh, the the. the the best countries in the world play long tournaments, and and that's what they're accustomed to. They, they uh, it pays off when you're good the entire season, and not just for five games. Um, by the way, uh, just out of curiosity, okay, because I don't know the answer to this. Does Mexico allow all kids in school to watch the matches like uh, some of these classes in the U.S.? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, even even the factories. Mm-hmm. They put TVs all over the factory so the workers can actually not call in sick, yeah, and uh, and actually work. And, and and that's something that's been being done for well, for a long, long time. That uh, factories, schools, everything just closes down to uh, to let Mexico play. And uh, if people don't know, at least if you're listening from Juarez, uh, Juarez has a time change tomorrow, so the game. Water time is going to be at 12. Okay. By the way, I just got breaking news. Uh, Munch's class over at the Young Women's Leadership Academy, the YWLA at YISD, they also 
got to watch the match today as well. So congratulations, Munch. Way to get that done. And how about that, Adrian? The Young Women's Leadership Academy, they got to watch the match. You know what? I feel like this is just, uh, it's got to be a break in the day. It really does. Like, I, I had a busy day ahead, uh, you know, that, that I had ahead of me. Uh, I had my iPad just with the game. No sound, no volume, nothing like that. But just in the background, just so I could, just so I could tune in. You know, oh, yeah, everybody's got to watch this. Fantastic. I love that. And, and, and Steve, the best call ever in, in, in soccer, yeah. you remember uh, Andres Cantor with the goal screaming everything. Oh, yeah, I love uh, Andres Cantor. He's one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah so, but uh, Steve, just, uh, just that, and uh, where does, where does this, do you have to go after this now? Where does, I mean, with, with, with that way on, on the right-hand side and all these young players showing that they can actually do it, we should really think about migrating to Europe and the best leagues around the world and, and, and trying their luck there because, I mean, if you want to play the best basketball, you come to the U.S. If you want to play the best baseball, you come to the U.S. you want to play the best uh, uh, hockey, uh, you, you, you're, you're well, the NHL. If you want to play the best soccer, you go to Europe. Let me uh, counter that with this. It is such a young nucleus and such a young core in four years when it's hosted here in Mexico and in Canada. Don't you also think that by then the U.S. will be that much better because they'll have even more seasoning as far as the young talent on this team? No, because it, it, the, the, the league in the U.S. has the same problem as the league in Mexico. It's not, a, not that it's a short tournament, but it's, it's at the wrong time. Okay, It's at the wrong time, so... Uh, if they really want to, uh, you know, go out there and compete with the best, they need to go out there and, and actually do that, compete with the best. And, and that's where this this U.S. team needs to go and, and really go with the best players at so they can get that international gotcha. and, and that club play that's really at top-notch level so they can see where they're actually at. Appreciate you, Augustine. 14 pass. Let me duck Jerry in on a mobile before I go to break and come back after Charlie with more calls. Jerry, what's going hey, on? How are you? Not much, Steve. I just got back from Las Vegas visiting my son, and we over overdosed on football and turkey, man, but it was great. Oh, that sounds like fun, okay. man. Enjoy that. It's good stuff. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. And I tell you, uh, uh, I just want to say UTEP came so close. They almost went to a bowl game, but now to hear that New Mexico State has a chance for a bowl, yep, I didn't, I didn't understand that. But uh, that, well, that, what do you wait? What, what is it that? Hang on, what did you not understand? Explain. Well, because they they didn't hit the the six magical wins that they needed, and well, there were a couple of games during the season that we should have won. They well, were very winnable. First off, here's the thing about New Mexico State. Okay, they've only played eleven games because they were supposed huh? to host San Jose State. And one of the San Jose State players tragically died the day before the game, so they canceled that game and never came out here, and then they never made it up. So as a result, the Aggies were short one game, which is why they're playing Valpo this weekend, is to make up for the game that they never got to play. Right. Now, if they be, if they win that game, are, are they, in fact, bowl eligible then? Yes, they will be bowl eligible at 6-6. Six and six. Oh, I see. Yes. Okay, well, yes. like I said, we had our chances during the season, man. Uh, we shouldn't have get, gotten whomped by New Mexico, and uh, there were a couple of other games that we should have won. So, you know, just one of those things, Steve, that wasn't as good as last year. No doubt, man. No doubt about it. I, I agree with you. Yeah, and just one thing I, I uh, 
am happy about the improvement of the Steelers, and I think uh, Kenny Pickett's going to uh, only get better as time goes by. And um, I just look for big things. And that receiver, Pickens, man, he's unreal. Oh, yeah. He's as good as any of the receivers ever to come out of Georgia, I'll tell you that. They got a nice nucleus right now. They have a really, really nice nucleus. There is no doubt about that. No doubt. Oh, yeah. I, I think they're going to spoil a lot of people's uh, plans for the playoffs this, this coming year. They're, they're getting a lot of momentum, and uh, they've been playing much better with Pickett. Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Absolutely. Now, if we can keep Najee, Najee Harris healthy, we'll be doing all right. Listen, um, I like the where they. I like where they're going. I like the future. I do. I like the future a lot. So, all right. Absolutely. And Tomlin's a great coach. Yeah, they got to keep right, him. Steve. They got to keep Tomlin because he's been. He got has it. been Mister Consistency all these years. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right. Good job. You, Appreciate 100%. you, Jerry. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for the Thanks, call. Steve. You got him in. Seventeen pass. Hey, sports real, talk continues. Real quick, Steve, just some cleanup. I, I think that the result of Saturday's game with NMSU and Valpo is irrelevant. I, I think it's because the Aggies already have a win over Lamar, who also plays in the FCS. Ah, so, so they'll still be five and six. So this this is not going to matter one way or another if they if they get this game and they get this win. That's right, and and they've already applied for the waiver. So that's they, true. They that's applied true. for that waiver before they even uh, wanted to set this game in stone. Good point. Good point. I think what this is more about is their senior day, from what I understand. They they never got to give their seniors a true uh, a, a true send off. Yeah, I feel like that's a great way. This is a great way to make that up. Uh, a lot of eyes will be on this program as well. And uh, hey, if whether it's like a you know a bowl game like the New Mexico Bowl or whatever, if it's like the Frisco, whatever bowl is out there that they could be slotted in, that'd be huge for Jerry Kill in year one. Yeah, it really would be. I totally agree there. All right, eighteen pass. Let's go to Charlie for traffic, and then we'll come back with more. More in a moment here on 600 ESPN El Paso. A little uh, X minus one uh, rare throwback for you. Deep tracks. Eternus, everybody. Yeah, we usually, um, you know, we, we, we've got a couple of favorites, but I like this one because it's got a very cool intro. Kind of got a nice hook, hooks you in, and at this point, say hello to our buddies. Christian and David, they are X minus one. Two man band, everybody. And uh, looking forward to their next uh, single that they get a chance to share with us. Have you heard the new Metallica? No. Oh. Is it good? <laughs> now, again, I, I don't want to bring up, you know, it's not fair to, to, to go from X minus one to, to Metallica because sure. it's a completely different sound, but they just released their brand new single yesterday. And it, uh, let's just put it this way, it definitely starts off with a bang, okay? That's the best way to put it. It really does. It starts off and just, well, flies through, um, as we you know like to say here. I'll just, I'm just going to let you listen to the first uh, 20 seconds, and then we can go from there. All right? Here you go. New Metallica, everybody. It's called Lux um, Aeterna.
Uh, those guys haven't slowed down one bit in terms of uh, their sound. That's for sure. Uh, they got a new uh, record coming out April the 14th. It's called 72 Seasons. They're coming on a big tour next year where they're going to be doing like two different shows spread out over three days in all these uh, different venues where all different music each show. That one should be a lot of fun, too. Man, that's really cool. I mean, Metallica doing it for the better half of five decades. It's uh, amazing that this group just never slows down, always puts out quality stuff. And uh, this is going to be uh, something that's very popular popular for people out there. They're, they every everybody loves Metallica. Oh yeah, they do. They sure do. They fire you up. That song, that intro just fired me up. I'm telling you, that's the one thing about Metallica. You hear a song and immediately you you get a little uh, you get a little jazzed. That's for sure. Uh we got awards to give out from uh, last home game, uh, last uh, football game of the UTEP season, which was the game Saturday against UTSA, which includes our play of the game, our drive of the game and our player of the game. Uh why don't we start first with uh, our Specs play of the game? Adrian. Yeah, this is uh, this was a really interesting one right here, Steve. As far as the UTSA game, there was uh, some uh, a lot of different options right there, uh, but one that we had to give a lot of credit to was the 45-yard touchdown pass from Calvin Brownholtz out to uh, Tyron Smith that ended in a touchdown. At that point, the Miners were rolling. They were they they went up as much as 24 to nothing early on into this game. I like it. I think that's a good start to it and makes a lot of sense because 24 nothing. you got excited. You thought, man, this could be it. This could be it. Just didn't uh, didn't happen, unfortunately. By the way, Specs, our official sponsor of UTEP First and Ten, and they also uh, have so many great tailgate items. Even though the UTEP season's over, there's still so much football left, folks, with the uh, championship week this weekend, and then you got the bowl games and uh, the NFL playoffs. So check out Specs. They even have one right by UTEP at 2525 uh, North Mesa. And more information at specsonline.com. What about our... Um, drive of the game brought to you by uh, Oscar Arieta. Uh, we really like the one that was set up by the Tyron Smith pass to Trent Thompson uh, for 50 plus yards. It was an awesome play. It was only a three play 69 yard drive. How many times do we say a three play drive for a UTEP uh, touchdown drive? And it was capped off by the very next play. It was a Calvin Brown holds 23 yard touchdown run to cap off that drive right there. That put UTEP up 24 to nothing at the seven minute mark of the second quarter. Man, oh man, what a, what a uh, what a trick play that was. I thought that ball hung up in the air for about 10 seconds. I thought it was never yes. going to come down. I was worried that somebody man. would track it down, but uh, Trent Thompson was wide open. No one thought, saw it coming. Folks, if you know of someone that's deserving of being honored as the hometown hero at the next UTEP game, you can actually click on at the oscaradietteagency.com for the hometown hero tab and nominate that person, and who knows? They could be honored just like Babe Laufenberg was uh, honored uh, for the hometown hero earlier this year, and so many great uh, thanks to uh, Oscar and all of his work with UTEP Athletics. Uh, finally, our uh, player of the game award. Listen, I know who my player of the game was. Who'd you guys go with? Well, the the uh, I think the obvious one that we thought of was Calvin Brownholds, but we didn't go that route. Whoa. We still knocked him for the uh, interception for a touchdown. I get it. There was uh, it was loud in the uh, in the Alamo Dome. Mm-hmm. Everybody was uh, making that a big controversy, but the second one was tough. Uh, when you have two interceptions, we got to dock him. So we gave it to the hometown kid, Ray Flores. Mm. Uh, an outstanding game. He had another touchdown, 74 on the ground. Co- uh, almost the co-leader with Ronald Awad, who had 79 rushing yards. But he also chipped in with a pair of catches uh, for 23 yards. Ray Flores just seemed to do it all for this team this year. Uh, I kind of, you know, we've seen local standouts who've uh, done nice things like Warren Reddicks, Eddie Senegal, yep. uh, Ryan Metz. We've seen that over the past couple years and 
I'm forgetting a lot of them, but uh, Ray Flores adds to that list right there. Kind of like the Swiss Army knife for the UTEP offense can can go in so many different directions for this team. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to get much versatility from anybody like this. Ray Flores can play running back, play wide receiver, play anything. He takes a, he takes the direct snaps at times yes. at the quarterback spot. They like him in the Wildcat spot. So I mean, he did it in high school. No one thought he would be here where he is now. And Ray Flores, what a great nice. career he had. Our player of the game is brought to you every game by Heineken, folks, and those are our final awards for the 2022. Uh, college football season as uh, we approach the bottom of the hour and John Teicher coming up for uh, our final countdown and then Utah basketball with Kevin Baker and Joe Golding live tonight at Moon Tower Sports Bar. Excited about that. Uh, let's get one last Sports Center update. Here's Adrian with the latest. Thank you very much as uh, we continue here on the program. Uh, our phone number again. 505-6009, get you right on in and through to the program. Um, by the way, thank you, Jesse. A Jesco, the number 90, with this tweet, if there was only one defender or none between the attacker and the opposite goal at the moment of the pass, then the player is in an offside position. So, again, if there's only one defender or none between the attacker and the opposite goal, at the moment of the pass, the player is in an offside position. Talking soccer. I appreciate that, Jesse. We need to be educated over here. I had no clue about the offside's penalty. I've always see, I always see it called, so I, I like the explanation. Yeah, that was good. I agree with, I agree with you there. And uh, definitely something to uh, keep an eye on as we continue with more here on Sports Talk. And by the way, there's still matches still to play tomorrow in Mexico and other countries that haven't finished uh, their three matches yet. So the group stage, the knockout stage is not done just yet. Um, it's going to be a really interesting uh, weekend with a championship Saturday. Uh, now we find out the college football playoff top four, Adrian. Georgia one, Michigan two, TCU three, and USC has gone up to four with Ohio State 5 and Alabama 6. Very interesting that this is the way that it shakes out. Uh, USC, I feel like they're kind of, they've are they kind of been the dark horse, waiting waiting kind of behind everybody else as everybody else has beaten each other. Uh, Michigan, uh, shout out Lane Frank, beating Ohio State. That's huge right there. We were just, uh, me and Zay were debating back here, if USC somehow loses or drops out, or if it's not USC, maybe it's TCU, who's that final team to go in? Does Alabama have the case to get in or does Ohio State have more of a resume knowing that their only loss is to Michigan on the year it's it's a tough one right there it is a tough one very very difficult to try and decide how this is going to work I'm with you I am with you completely so only time will tell right yeah, I still feel like it's kind of Georgia versus everybody, but we're going to see this weekend. It's LSU-Georgia. That's not a given for the Bulldogs no. right there, and that's the SEC title but it, game. But it doesn't matter if they lose. They're still not dropping out of the top four, and neither will Michigan. No, I, I they're not for sure. They're going nowhere, but USC and TCU has everything to lose right now in this playoff. That's right. And that's the, and that's the problem. 
And if, uh, well, so I feel like if Georgia were to lose against LSU, that kind of, you know, it takes out Alabama no matter what, right? Yep. So if you're going to try to see who slots in. There is uh, no way LSU leapfrogs TCU or USC no. if they win. No, no, definitely not. And that means, like, let's say TCU, one of TCU or USC loses. If one of those teams loses right there, maybe you see Ohio State as as, as yep. that last team in. Uh, and I, I don't know if that's, uh, if that's the right move. I, I don't I, like it. I, I would still side with the SEC, Steve. I, I've seen a lot of those games, and I just feel like the quality of football is, is much higher out there. Zay, I'll ask you what we talked about on the show yesterday. Should, uh, in your opinion, USC and TCU uh, you know, be penalized if they lose in one of their championship games and Alabama or Ohio State benefit since they're not playing a 13th game? They're, they're just they're done. Their season's over. And TCU and USC finished their regular season. Um, one 12 and 0, one 11 and 1. But they've got to play another game, which means they could lose. Should Ohio State and Alabama benefit if one of those two teams or both slip up in their uh, conference championship game? This is an interesting topic to talk about. I think if TCU or USC loses, yes, they should be penalized. I think you have to be perfect, especially in this four team format. Unfortunately, that's just how it is, and I think, yeah, I think if they lose, I think Ohio State and Alabama or whoever's next. I don't think Alabama should even be that high, but that's just my opinion. I think they should be able to jump in and leapfrog those guys if they lose. But they're not playing this weekend. They're done, and and Alabama's lost twice. Well, you can talk about the SEC all you want. They're done. They're not playing. Why should a team who doesn't have to go out and play this weekend benefit from teams that do? If they've already played your 12 games, they're all equal right now. They're all even. Why should teams lose a spot playing a 13th game if they were able to get through their regular season undefeated or with one loss? It doesn't make sense, but that's just how the game goes, you know. It doesn't make sense. I don't agree with it, and I think I'm happy that, you know, in a few years we're going to have a 12-team playoff where this is really not going to matter. Well, that's true, but right now it does matter, right? It does. So... I don't know. I'm in a tough uh, – I don't like it. I really don't. Um, I understand it, but I don't necessarily like it is the best way for me to put it. Who would you put in if it's both uh, Utah beating USC and Kansas State beating TCU? Who do you throw in as uh, as as one of the two? Let's say one of those two stays in the college football playoff. Is it 12-1 TCU or is it 11-2 USC? Uh, I think they both drop out, and I think Ohio State and Alabama get in. Man. I do. Man. I don't think. The bias. I, huh? I'm telling you, I don't think TCU can afford to slip up, and I don't think USC can either because, because the Big 12 and the Pac-12 are perceived as inferior leagues to the SEC and to the Big 10, and that's why. That's right. We've seen it in the college football playoff ranking all season long. Why should we think otherwise? It, it was uh, Michigan, Ohio State, who were ranked two and three at one point. It was Alabama, Georgia, ranked one and two at one point this year. Why should we think any differently that when the college football playoff committee has shown us week after week that they favor SEC Big Ten competition? When I, I believe, Steve, the Big Ten this year is not as great as everybody thinks. I think that what we've seen from the Pac-12, the ACC, those are some competitive – 
uh, conferences right there. Now, the Big 12, sometimes a little shaky. Sometimes you get some great opponents like Kansas State and stuff, but then uh, Texas is a perfect example. One week they look great, next week they're inconsistent. So I know. That, that's kind of the, the breakdown right there. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, 38 passed as we continue. Oh, it's such a good topic. Up next, final countdown. John Tyser standing by from Moon Tower. We'll talk to him next. Sports Talk continues and wraps it up for a Tuesday here on 600 ESPN El Paso.